everybody welcome to down and out the sports and entertainment podcast taking the world by storm dom tibbets alongside evan ryer two sports quote-unquote professionals giving our best shot at the world of podcasting but we like to have fun keep things loose and a lot to get to today first as always shout out jd masters and buddha man of the mirror our intro and outro music Go show them some love, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music, anywhere you stream our podcast, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. You'll find JD Masters and Buddha, friends of the program, friends of ours. Evan, happy two days before Thanksgiving. Uh, we're recording this a little earlier than we normally do in the middle of the week because I actually have to drive to Detroit tomorrow. So I'm very excited about that, which we'll get into. Um, you know, it's I, I always this time of year always makes me think about, you know, as we just got done dealing with an Armageddon of a snowstorm here in Buffalo, which was just as bad as people, you know, what the outside world was was looking into. I promise you all it was it was pretty bad, especially if you were in the Orchard Park, southern Buffalo area. But it's it's made me really miss that Thanksgiving time I spent in Tuscaloosa, Alabama with a beautiful crisp fifty degree fall air rustling the 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 fall foliage that was still in in bloom in tuscaloosa alabama i actually think that's a core memory that's locked into my brain this time of the year so thank you for that i hope you guys are planning on having a great thanksgiving and uh getting ready to feast down with some football and soccer yeah i uh, i'm actually spending uh thanksgiving in um in myrtle beach south carolina this year um i'm going to be uh visiting uh my uh uh me and my girlfriend will be going up there and uh staying with her dad this will be the first time i'm meeting him uh so we will uh he uh it'll be interesting i'm not going to say anything on this podcast that might incriminate me um so (laughs) so i won't um but yeah so it will be a beachside kind of uh thanksgiving which i'm used to growing up in jacksonville um but um but it's interesting you know i was thinking about this like dom you being from the north you know when you think of you know uh leave changing season you're thinking about you know late september you know Mm -hmm. you're thinking about mid to late september and stuff and in the south it's funny man like all the best thanksgivings you know they're generally like the leaves haven't like have only started to fall like when you get all the way to the end of November, which is crazy. Oh, I, I love it though. But I think that's why yeah. it was so funny when I was, you know, when we were down there two years ago in Tuscaloosa, and it's just like, why? Like the the fall foliage was literally. I think actually was pretty much in full bloom. A lot of the leaves were on the tree, but they all had the pretty colors. And you're like, yo, this is like serenadingly yeah. beautiful down here. Yeah, it is nice. Uh, it'll be. Uh, I, I do. Uh, it'll be kind of weird not spending Thanksgiving with my. Uh, my family and Dom, are you going to be able to get back to to you know uh, New York to, to see yours on Thursday? I mean, I, you got to cover the game, so no. No, so we'll get back. We're going to leave right after the game. Um, I honestly have. Here's my thing. I, I I mean this with no slight to Thanksgiving, 
I'm a Christmas guy, one, Thanksgiving, two. I love the holiday, but mm-hmm. I haven't been home for a Thanksgiving since 2016. It has been a Damn. long time. So Because we've done Thanksgiving with your uh, your mom in Butte as well. Yes, uh, so that yeah, was kind so. of the thing is I've gotten to spend that with her, but she was out in, in Montana with us. So I, I, I'm okay with it. I'll get back late Thursday night. I'll be home for Christmas, so that's, that's fine with me. I would take covering this game over going to Thanksgiving dinner if, if I – you know, can say say so myself. My family might not like that answer, but I'm I'm okay with it, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll press on because again, Christmas comes up. I'll be home for that, and that's a jolly time of the year. Well, uh, yeah, I feel you. You know, it's uh, if you got to pick one, you know, pick the one you like. And uh, so I'm I'm with you there. I'll also be uh, back with my family for uh, for Christmas, and and uh, so we're kind of sharing similar uh, uh, plans there. But, but Dom, I mean, like you said, you get to go to Detroit. I mean, kind of hopping into our NFL side of uh, the show. Um, I mean, that's going to be, you know, another one off the list. That's how me and my dad have always kind of written it down when we've gone to new stadiums or new – unless you've been to Ford Field and you never nope, told me not. about it. Nope, I have uh, not. Well, uh, have you been to Detroit, period? I have, no, period, like abs- have not. No, not been. I don't think I've, I've been – I've never been – to the state of Michigan unless I was driving. I think the only time I was in the state of Michigan, that was honestly probably when I was driving to Montana. That was it. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because, like, I uh, after this recent road trip, I realized I've been to, I believe, 43 U.S. states, and one of them that I have not been to is Michigan, um, which is uh, – uh, I feel like a crime because everyone says Michigan rocks. Now, this time of year, I can imagine it's going to be just as cold as Buffalo or slightly, maybe slightly warmer. Um, but but at least you guys will be in a dome. I mean, that will be a really cool experience. I mean, covering the NFL on Thanksgiving, you know, uh, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's. Uh, I mean, you've already kind of hit the big time, but that's that's kind of uh, going to be a surreal moment, I think. No, I'm I'm very excited. Like I said, it, it, it's it's the it's the payoff to not going and seeing my family or anything like that. As I get to spend the Thanksgiving day when everyone's watching the game that I'm going to be at, like you know, I I'm I'm pumped about that. Uh, I will be shooting the game for the first time, meaning I actually have to go down to the field with our camera. I won't be in the press box, which I'm excited yeah. about. But I do believe that now, unfortunately. I'm going to have like the box lunches that they give to the to photographers. Now, I, maybe it's because it's Thanksgiving. They take care of the photographers on the field, and you get uh, you know some nice Thanksgiving fixings. But I know in that press box, and maybe I'll have to try getting my way up there. But I know up in that press box, they have uh, some really really good food lined up, like Thanksgiving, all the fixings. And I'm like, mm, man, I kinda, how do I get my yeah, how, get like, my how do I how do I get up there? So no, it should be it should be good. And honestly, like talking about this game, it's gonna be real. Like, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but like Bills Lions is going to be really good. Yeah, I mean the Lions continue to be a team that does not win games, but looks like a good team or like at least a competent team. And then you know the Bills kind of need this. You know, I mean. You know, it, 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 it's it's definitely, you know, one of those things where in other, you know, maybe if this game was in Buffalo and not on Thanksgiving, you could say it's like a get right game. You know, it'd be like, all right, well, we're welcoming a team that, you know, the Lions are competitive, but we should beat them pretty handy. On the road, Thanksgiving, I mean, there's enough variables going on here that, you know, you're kind of going to be looking for, you know, Josh Allen, especially in Buffalo, to really be locked in, you know? Yeah, I mean, and credit to the Lions, they've 
found the way to win some of these games, and they've been putting up some points. Uh, they took down the Giants, took down the Bears, and took down the Packers, their last three wins. I, I think the Giants win was good, but I also think that's more of a sign that we looked at for the Giants. Is like, okay, reality is hit. Their record was good, but I think we all kind of had a general consensus that the Giants weren't as good as their record was yeah. saying they were, and they, they kind of showed some flaws there. The Bills' biggest thing is they've got to avoid the slow start like they did against Cleveland. Um, I don't believe Jared Goff is a good quarterback, a guy who will make you pay, but we still avoid that slow start. And go after the secondary. I mean, put up points on this team because they're going to try – taking advantage of the run game. Jamal Williams had a really big day against the Giants. Um, the Bills did a really good job against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, so I'm hoping they replicate that as well. But they also let Jacoby Brissett and Amari Cooper shred them you know, in the secondary, yeah. and it was good to have Jordan Poyer back. I can almost guarantee we're probably not getting Tredavious White back, and that's becoming more of a more of a debacle as we go on week by week. Bills are a nine and a half point favorites from what I'm seeing right now. The line on ESPN. I would expect them to win, but I don't think this is a cakewalk. I, I think you know. I to your point. I think even if the Bills were not slumped and weren't having confidence issues the way they were, I still think you go to Detroit and this is like a good. A, it's a get right game, even if it's in Detroit. But I can't. I can't confidently say that because. Lions have pulled together some wins. The Bills are still shaky, and you're to your point too. They can't afford to lose. So hopefully, it's a must-win game every single game of, you know, for the rest of the season. Because looking at their schedule, it's very winnable. It's very favorable. They still have you know four divisional matchups left with a, a Jets, Dolphins, and two Patriots games. The Bills are like like a lot of the teams in the top of the AFC, seven and three still projected to win their division but they could very well finish fourth if they win their division fifth if they don't do that and that's because the Chiefs continue to win like they're they're just there's no more rooms for losses in the Bills record if they're trying to get the number one seed run everything through the AFC it becomes important so now it's like okay we can't have any more fluke games because that's what this game like smells of this is like big Jacksonville vibes from last season it smells like this game where, you know, the Bills could cough it up, give it away, and they shouldn't. And now I think you have to put the pressure on themselves because they can't blow it. They can't afford to lose any more games with the Chiefs winning. you got to try getting home field advantage. And, I, yeah, you know, the one thing I will say was positive, too, is see the Bills run game kind of um, take a big step up. Uh, Devin Singletary, James Cook combined for close to 180 yards between the two of them. Like, Bills fans, like, our jaws were just dropped. Like, oh, my God. We have a run game. We had a sign of a run game. It was incredible to see that. and So, you know, no turnovers helps, and I, I'm looking forward to hopefully what is a big Bills victory because Lord knows do they need it. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's – it's uh, it's weird that we've gotten here because it, you know, it, it, how how quickly you can go from, you know, being like, are the Bills going to, you know, lose more than a few games this year, and then now it's okay. Well, you know, the Bills kind of have to 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 to, to kind of restore themselves and and work their way back up the totem pole. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I you know, it's uh, I, I still think that it could end up being a quote-unquote good thing i mean of course the injury issues and all that different stuff i mean like you said uh with 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 white i mean that that really is kind of concerning you know from like just a general perspective of like what's going on here yeah um, no absolutely is i mean micah but, hyde you lost him for the season that's been huge and 
Poyer, you know, Poyer having him back for the Cleveland game was nice, but you know he hasn't been the healthiest all season, and he makes a world of a difference back there in the secondary. So it's yeah, but uh, but at the same time, you know, if you have to hit your low point, November is probably the best possible time to do it. Yeah, you know? I, I mean, mean, but you know what's a crazy thing is though, Evan. I know you were clued to this game because you cover the Cowboys, but it's bizarre to me that the Jets and the Vikings are two. Of you know, and I will say the Dolphins beat us, and that was just a weird game. And the Heat, uh, understandable, but the Jets and Vikings were such winnable games. And then I saw the way those two teams played this past week. That is what's a little painful. That's what hurts to swallow. That right now is that the Vikings yeah. get absolutely shellacked by the Cowboys, and the Jets can't put up more than three points against the New England Patriots. You know, so it's I, that, that's I what watched. hurts a little bit. <laughs> I still don't understand how the Vikings Cowboys game happened because. Um, I watched that game, and forty to three. Don't be wrong; the Cowboys absolutely manhandled the Vikings in that game. But forty to three feel, still feels like an, an absurd score. Uh, I'm still not quite sure uh, how that happened. The answer really is that the Vikings were just you know didn't show up in in you know on any side of the ball. But really, that game could have been like so much closer. I mean, you know, then forty three. It was a very weird game, but um, you know, it kind of segues uh into you know also we've got you know of course the cowboys and the uh the giants uh at 4 30 on thursday uh that's a pretty massive game as well you know big game for the bills uh, at 12 30 i mean giants and cowboys are if either team wants to have a hope of running down the eagles by the end of the season they have to win this game it's kind of a a bit of an nfc east like elimination game yeah um, I, I even mean, we're though, gonna learn we're gonna learn a lot about either of these teams whoever wins and whoever loses like there's there's going to be a lot of takeaways we can get from this game yeah i i think uh i think you know the cowboys you know the one thing that the vikings game did teach uh like the one thing i i definitely picked up on uh, from watching that vikings game is uh is you know zeke is is back but if the cowboys know what they're doing tony pollard will continue to get you know 20 touches a game because he is just an absolute freak um, you know what I mean, sucks is I sat Zeke in one of my leagues too. For instant yeah, and he still I had lost. two touchdowns, and I lost because nuts. of it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right? oh my god, Zeke still had two touchdowns, but Pollard is the guy. I mean, I, I it's I know you know Zeke is the highest paid running back in the NFL, um, but but Pollard is the guy, um, and uh, you know it'd be uh, be interesting to see if New York can contain him, and and if the uh, Cowboys defense is going to continue to kind of do this Jekyll and Hyde thing that they've been doing, where they looked unbelievable against the Vikings, but. Um, you know, uh, you know, threw up and collapsed in the game against the Packers, and then uh, the Vikings looked to rebound uh, against uh, the Patriots. Who, uh, you know, I mean, Patriots also starting to put together a little bit of momentum, a little bit sort I'll t- of. I'll maybe, tell you kinda. what, man. If, if it wasn't for Bill Belichick, I, I fully believe. I mean, they, they won the game against the Jets on the special teams. That punt yeah. return does not happen. Tell me that game is not going to overtime, probably ending at a tie. Yeah, three three tie. Yeah, yeah it, you know. So, but I I have to just you have to give respect to Bill Belichick the way he's coaching this team because they're they're not good, but they're they're finding ways to win and they're they're kind of making you believe that okay you know like they're good they're good enough to hold their own against teams that they probably shouldn't beat to begin with and they're they're kind of uh kind of proving the the vice opposite of the narrative that we've kind of given to them. I I still don't. I'm going to say that they aren't a playoff contending team, 
but uh, they're, they're definitely beginning the process of making me eat my own words. So big game there, and I have to kind of, as a Bills fan, I'm pulling for the Vikings because I need separation. Yeah. Like we got to get yeah. teams in the well, division got to start losing. Just want to say, and we'll, we'll, we, can, we can also get to the Jets here in a second, but like so demoralizing if you are the Jets to lose to the Patriots twice in three weeks. Like, to, to be, like, in the Jets' position, right, where you're you're keeping pace with the Bills. You're thinking, all right, let's see if we can, you know, maybe give the Bills a run, maybe a bit of a, you know, whatever. And then the Patriots are over here, you know, for the through the first seven weeks or first seven games. They're three and four. They look like trash. Mac Jones looks bad. And then you go and lose two times in three weeks to allow the Patriots to get to six and four while the Jets are now five and three. I mean, Talk about momentum swing over the past three games for uh, New England. That is uh, – uh, the, the AFC East uh, might – you know, I mean, we've, we've, we've said this all season, but other than maybe the NFC East, uh, most entertaining division in uh, NFL. And, and part of that is because uh, of not just the on-field play, but also what we're seeing off of it. I mean, right now, you know, obviously the, the, the Bills dynamics are weird, but, man, the Jets dynamics are equally bizarre um, because – Dude, this team, you know, is doing so much better than anyone expected. But all it takes is one bad comment from your starting quarterback, and now mm-hmm. there's major questions about the locker room and about the future of the team and blah, blah, blah. Uh, Zach Wilson, you know, if, if, if pretty much anyone listening to this should know what I'm talking about. But Zach Wilson uh, doesn't blame his defense but is asked, you know, he's like, you know, do you think you let the defense down in the uh, after the 10-3 loss to the uh, Patriots? And, and he says, no. Um and it's kind of he kind of gives attitude, a lot of short answers, a lot of like you know bad body language and stuff. But all he says is no. But now there's like reports coming out, I think from the athletic that are saying you know uh, that the, there's members in the defense that are angry with how Zach Wilson responded, and and you know people are there's there's the video of Connor McGovern shoving the ball in his chest because uh, Zach Wilson didn't try to do hurry up offense. Um, some people are saying that that he was Connor McGovern, the, the 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 offensive lineman, was angry at the refs and not at Zach Wilson. But I saw the video and he definitely shoves the ball into in the yeah. Zach's pads. Um, so just an all around kind of weird situation. Um, Dom, what were what were uh, your thoughts about about Zach Wilson's press conference? Well, so he, I had I had a thought that was. That's going to give, and I'm not trying to be the middle of the road guy here, because I think overall the way that Zach handled that, the way he responded was wrong. The short answer saying the word no and not divulging any details, not explaining why you said that is going to hurt, and it's going to make you look very bad. He should have handled that differently because I look back to after the Vikings game when I'm sitting in the press conference room listening to Josh Allen foster all the responsibility, all the blame of that loss, which a lot of it, it wasn't all Josh Allen that lost against the Vikings, but a majority of it was because he threw some very costly interceptions. I There's just a drastic difference. Uh, you know, and Zach is a young, a still young rising quarterback. Allen's been in the league for a little bit, who has a little bit more maturity. But I think there's a difference in the way you respond to that. And Zach just didn't do a good job explaining what I think he meant by that, which was, hey, Zach Wilson, do you think you let your defense down? No. What he wants to say is, no, I don't think I let my defense down because I know at the end of the day, those guys are going to have my back. I have their back. Of course, I've got to do better. This team's got to do better. And I expect more out of myself. 
and together we will put this in the rear view mirror. We'll, rear view mirror. We'll learn from this and we will all move on. That's all it took to get Zach Wilson out of this hot water he's in right now. But yeah. the short answered no and not explaining what you meant by that, it looks awful. It's a very, very yeah. bad PR look for Zach Wilson. And and rightfully he's go he's getting chastised. But I mean, he is this man is getting dragged Ev, through the water. I know you're seeing this just as well as I am, but he is getting dragged actually not even through the water. Like the thickest, most Louisiana swamp mud you could ever fester. That's what Zach Wilson is getting dragged through right I, now. It is interesting because I do think that there is like maybe a little bit of like a a vibe that just a lot of people just don't like Zach Wilson personality wise like before all this you know like there was a you know when he was coming out of BYU and it was always kind of like Zach Wilson looks like the bully in every Disney movie ever and you yeah. know all that different stuff and and, and, he, and he does folks he does um, but uh, but I, I do think it's interesting that and I'm not saying I think he's a very likable guy I really based on what I've seen I don't think he's very likable but I do think it's interesting that you know, I, I wonder if there's like a little bit of a deeper story here. If there's mm-hmm. a little bit more of like a, are we, is everyone just jumping to conclude, like, you know, you know, are these reports coming out of the locker room just from one guy? Because I'm always dubious about that stuff too. Whenever I see, you know, anonymous player says blank about blank, I, I, I'm not saying that the, that there probably wasn't a player who said that, but I always think like, you know, it could always just be the one guy. You know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. mean that, you know, the entire starting lineup on defense is like, fuck Zach Wilson. Um, and and so, I, I think to Zach's, to Zach's defense here a little bit, I think there's already been – there has been a little bit of a locker room problem before the Zach Wilson stuff began. I think a lot of it began with Elijah Moore. Elijah yeah. Moore also put on his own Instagram, either within the last 24 hours of him, like – in the in the pose of throwing a football, like he put that on, like we I know what he was trying to get at there. So unfortunately, there's been a small crack in the locker room. Zach Wilson right now is sticking a jackhammer through that crack and is widening the hole, and he is parting this like parting the concrete in the locker room right now. So it wasn't all started by him, but he's not helping his cause and he's not doing anything a quarterback should be doing, which is trying to pull the locker room together. I, I I I call it what it is. Maybe it's his unlikable character, the way that he's had to battle things uh, on and off the field. But there there's a certain level of expectation that I think a quarterback you have to know how to, you know, reel a team in and reel your comments together and and hope that everything is said in the best interest of the team. It's a juicy soundbite, you know. It's a great question for for fans at home, but you know, that, that, that kind of stuff hurts your team. And it's just furthering the the divide that I, I think was already becoming an underlying issue for this Jets team. Yeah. Uh, and you know, yeah, there's a, you know, I, it's funny because, you know, we're starting to now get to a point where we can kind of judge Robert Salah on his ability to cultivate a locker room. You know, we're entering the, towards the end of year two. Um, and, uh, and you kind of have to think like, okay, well, at what point do we start to say, well, Salah's got to start to kind of manage all this? You know, he's, mm-hmm. you know, at some point, you know, all the bad headlines have to have to stop. But, but it's also important to remember too. I just thought about, you know, we're talking about New York, baby. We're talking about the Big Apple. We're talking about the craziest media market in the world. You know, uh, like I, I, I do think that that probably does play a factor because Zach Wilson was showing his ass and he was playing for I don't know Arizona or the Jags or something like that. Then I think. 
you know, I don't know if this gets so much attention, mm-hmm. you know, because I think if, if Trevor Lawrence, you know, there's there's been some comments recently about, you know, kind of relating this to Trevor Lawrence where people are saying, you know, when Trevor Lawrence has played like crap over the past two years, every single time he has been like, yeah, I, I was bad. You know, I did not play well, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. And I do appreciate Trevor for that reason. Um, but... I mean, I do feel like there's probably less overall pressure on Trevor in a weird way, despite being the number one overall pick because it's Jacksonville. Um, you know, I mean, I really do feel like that there's there's something to that. So um, I don't know, man. It's uh, and, and I mean, there's even you know, you're even seeing headlines now that it's like, oh, the Jets are going to bail on Zach Wilson at the end of the year. It's like, damn, guys, like if he takes him to the playoffs as a second year quarterback, I mean, I know he hasn't even played that well this year, but it's hard to like, you know, jump ship. When you're when you're winning enough games, to, and, and what you know, is that? Playoffs, and what so. would that do for his confidence and him believing in? You know, it, it almost feels like you're gonna you're or gonna give him the, the Baker fr- Mayfield or, treatment. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what quarterbacks are out. I mean, of course, like in the draft, sure, but like the Jets aren't gonna have a high draft pick. No, I mean, they they've won the too many games already. There's no, I mean, free agent quarterbacks next year. I mean, not really anyone that, you know, is is someone that, you know, makes sense for the Jets to go grab. And, and you could, you know, he might might be a slight upgrade on Zach Wilson's current play. But, yeah, it's just an all-around weird situation. But, um, you know, uh, they've, uh, they've got, you know, the Jets have an important game against uh, Chicago on Sunday. That's kind of one that they need to be thinking get right, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like uh, the Bills in Detroit, which, you know, drawing it back to uh, Thanksgiving, Dom, I have a, uh, a a few uh, a few questions for you that I I have recently it. thought about them. When you're watching football at your house with your dad on Thanksgiving, or at least historically speaking, I know it's been a while. Uh huh. Did you ever get to control the remote ever? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I did. He, he let you have remote for, remote duties. Absolutely, uh, all the time because the Bills didn't play a lot of Thanksgiving games. The Giants weren't playing on a lot of Thanksgiving games. Um, I and, and if I wanted to have the remote and flip on a different game or flip on maybe something else, uh, then most of the time, yeah, I, I feel like I got control of, of that remote because just quite frankly, we didn't, our teams weren't playing a lot on Thanksgiving. And he's not, he hates the Cowboys. I don't like the Cowboys. We don't really like watching the Lions because they suck. And it wasn't fun watching Matt Stafford have to, like, get annihilated every Thanksgiving. So normally we'd always wait for, like, the late game. And that's where that's where I, we wouldn't touch the remote. But we would throw, like, I don't know, something else on if family was over. Um, yeah. So it, it, most of the time I felt like I did. My dad was pretty lenient with that. There's, if, if I know he wants to watch it, I won't turn it away. But we didn't really run into that situation all that often. Word. Okay, rapid fire. Ham or turkey? Turkey. Uh, favorite side? Mm, oh, no. Man, man, man. This is going to be... This is because I spent Thanksgiving in the South before. It's got to be mac and cheese. <laughs> it's, that's fine. Mac and cheese is a fine answer. Yeah, but people... But that's the thing, though. Like My family did not do mac and cheese on Thanksgiving growing up. Like, my family, but we had... Now that we, you've- we had meatballs. Like we did like like pasta and meatballs still as a side dish, believe it or not, because you can't That's go so wrong wild. with that. But ah, from the South, man, mac and cheese, best best Thanksgiving side dish. And then last but not least, uh, what is the des- the dessert of choice? Are you a pumpkin pie guy or do you go for something Bingo. like apple pie or No, nope, right yeah, there, pu- pumpkin pie. 
pumpkin pie. Yeah, I mean, you kind of you kind of have to. I mean, I really think that even if you're not a major, I will say I've had some like sweet potato pie and different stuff like that that is also heavenly on Thanksgiving. But yeah. but I I agree, pumpkin pie. Um, for my side on Thanksgiving, I'm actually gonna go with uh, green beans, especially like Southern style green beans where they're like basically just cooking in the crock pot all day um they're just like melty almost like it's it's that's that's awesome and also yeah i mean turkey every day of the week you know we can have ham on christmas but but turkey every day of the week um uh and then i feel like like you and i had very drastic answers to the dad and the control and the remote question oh oh that's the thing i didn't even answer that uh uh, no, <laughs> like I, uh, I, you know, I mean, there would be times maybe, you know, as I got older where he'd be like, oh, well, if you want to, you know, you know, switch it over, you could or whatever. But yeah, I basically did not have remote privileges, uh, until I moved out, you know, until mm-hmm. I started coming back for Thanksgiving. Well, I feel uh, like your, got- your household had to be different too. Cause not only do you have Travis Ryer in the house, you also have pops that's coming over too. Yeah, so it's like, that's it, just, there's, that's it depends too- on how many patriarchs are in the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a lot of male energy to have to try winning the remote control with, uh, battle over. So what's funny about pops though, is that pops is, uh, I- uh, he is such a goat that he gives up the remote to you, but if like the channel is on the wrong channel for more than 30 seconds, he'll be like, what are we watching? Like he, he will let you hold the remote and let you control it, but he will criticize you, uh, for your remote, uh, uh, activities, which I think is great. Uh, and I guess kind of related to this, Tom, uh, would you, if, if there's in an NFL game on and a college football game on, on Thanksgiving, no matter how good the college football game on is on, like, basically what I'm saying is, will you ever watch college football over NFL on Thanksgiving? No. Does it does it matter? No. It, no. Is it, it, it you gotta it, you gotta watch NFL? Yeah. Because we're about to get into it, I'll use this game as an example. Like Michigan State, Ohio, say like during rivalry week they wanted to play on Thanksgiving. So sorry to Jim Harbaugh, uh, or Harbaugh, excuse me. I. I uh, I'm not watching you. I'm going to watch yet. It, it could be the Lions versus the Bears, and I will watch the Lions versus the Bears because it's just instilled. I don't feel right if I'm watching college football on Thanksgiving. It is the best Thanksgiving tradition is every guy in the household acting like they know something about Lions football on Thanksgiving Day because <laughs> yes, everybody has to watch so it. <laughs> Where everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, God. I actually think DeAndre Swift's a pretty useful back. Uh, <laughs> like, that's yeah, I, I feel like I feel like that's where the Matt Stafford, like Matt Stafford, is a Hall of Fame guy. Oh, every it is the Matt, it is the Matt Stafford circle jerk on Thanksgiving was <laughs> was watching was everyone going, dude, Matt Stafford can freaking sling it, dude. He is such a good quarterback. I just feel so, like it was or Calvin Johnson or whoever yes. you, you, you wanted to talk about. And that then year. It, the, on the other side of that that coin, there the same thing happens when you watch the. Cowboys game later, it's just an absolute circle jerk of Cowboys hatred. Like, they're really going to yeah. be putting this team on every year, watching Tony Romo butt fumble a football every game. This is just trash. This is absolutely And also, nasty. personally blaming the Cowboys for whatever the halftime performance is. Like, yes. I mean, the Cowboys do kind of announce, like, you know, they're the ones who schedule their, but it's not like the team has anything to do with it. But uh, this year, I think it's the Jonas Brothers, who's, uh, uh, uh all right, getting a little, 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 little who's the halftime show in Detroit? Vibes. Oh, that's a um, that's a great question. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. But uh, Dom, we do have a pretty, you know, I mean, it's it's not the best college football slate for this weekend. But I mean, Ohio State Michigan is basically a playoff game. 
I mean, and that is going to be sick. The game is at Ohio Stadium in uh, Columbus. Um, and, you know, Michigan last year got the uh, got the bragging rights, knocked them off at the end of the year. I mean, the past two years has kind of been the restoration of, you know, the, the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. Which has been so good for the soul. And I know, like, Ohio State fans probably, you know, bitter taste because Michigan's kind of had the upper edge. But that is what – as when you're a neutral fan, and again, that is – this is probably one of the best weeks, if not the best week, of regular season college football you get because you get some of these really great rivalries. It's always good to see this game competitive. And now you add the fact it's like the, what, the second, third straight year in a row where we're talking playoff implications. And here's the crazy thing, too, as is we have to make an argument for the loser of this game to also still be a college football playoff hopeful. It's a bizarre scenario. A lot has to still happen for the loser of this game to get in. But there is is a conversation to be had on both so that just adds I mean it adds two different sorts of elements on top of this already great matchup with great players and great storylines it's a it's electric it's going to be a great time a great football game um and Ohio State basically I think they're in the better position I think they're in the better position if they lose Michigan very much has to have a lot of scenarios happen where if they lose this and somehow to manifest themselves into the college football four for the playoffs that's going to be that's going to be a challenge i think ohio state controls their destiny a little bit better but i don't think you can necessarily immediately say michigan is out if they lose this game i still think there's a world where michigan can sneak it themselves into the playoff well what's weird is that this is one of the 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 you can't ever coach or like instruct like this but this is quite literally if i'm a michigan or ohio state fan i'm kind of thinking if we lose, just don't lose by more than, you know, 10 points. Yeah. Because if you don't lose by more than 10 points and then TCU drops the ball, you know, down the stretch, I think it'd be, you know, you'd be hard-pressed to not say Michigan or Iowa State deserves to be there. But if either of these teams get absolute, like, if we're talking 35-0 to zero blowouts, I mean, they're done. They're, they're, they're done, and it even opens the door for, like, teams like USC and Alabama to even mm-hmm. be considered, which, which is, is crazy. But 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 if you get absolutely blown out, then it means okay. Well, if TCU does lose, then TCU might deserve to be in over you. Then you know whoever might be uh, might deserve to be in over you. Um, you know, speaking of uh, Alabama, obviously the Iron Bowls this weekend in Tuscaloosa. Alabama is heavily favored, um, but Cadillac Williams has uh, Auburn uh, reinvigorated. You know, uh, just like he did in uh, the early two thousands. So uh, something it, it could be a trap game because Alabama played like shit against Austin P this past weekend. So anything is possible. Um, Alabama should have been down fourteen to seven. Uh, heading into halftime really in that Austin P game um uh, that's how bad it was go yeah go governors uh Clarksville Tennessee represent uh Oregon Oregon State you know that's always a a fun rivalry game and Oregon State's now ranked uh shout out to the Beavers uh but Bo Nix is looking to you know kind of put in the exclamation point on a uh on a Heisman campaign which I mean he really has looked so good this year we haven't really talked much about Oregon um but 
but he really has been, you know, very, very good. Yeah, they've, um, they've quietly the been able to and, – and I'm not the biggest believer in Oregon's offensive coordinator. I, I know it's Kenny Dillingham, used to formerly the Florida State offensive coordinator under Norvell before he left for this first job this year. I, uh, I have to retract my words a little bit because I, – I and I don't know exactly what the role share is between him and the, and the head coach in terms of how Bo Nix is able to play so efficiently, but they've done it very silently. Um, yeah, you know, obviously Oregon's not a team where we're going to hear them in that conversation for the college football playoffs. But Bo Nix has, has definitely hit a stride where you're like, okay, you know, I, I think there was a point in Auburn where, you know, it felt like so much hype, not enough not enough output, not enough to get out of this hype. And he's kind of flipped that narrative a little bit in, in Oregon. And like you said, they put together a decent season and very much, uh, you know, controlling controlling their, their, their own fate as you get into a bowl game. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting uh, interesting game for sure. LSU's got their trap game on the road against A&M. Uh, that's one that they definitely can't fall asleep for, Dom. This uh, was also a game where I, I thought the roles would be reversed come at the, like, right. the midway point Records. of the season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, A&M has completely fallen off the wagon, though. I mean, I really think that that's a, that's a team that is lifeless. So if anything in LSU's favor, it's just the fact that A&M is – I mean, they can't even become bowl eligible with a win. So – um, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, it's 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 pretty tough looks over there uh, for the Aggies. TCU plays Iowa State. Why is this why is this important? Dom in 2011, shortly after Alabama had lost a nine to six game to LSU, mm-hmm. the second ranked Oklahoma State Cowpokes took on. Iowa State on a Thursday night, mm-hmm. and the Cyclones beat Oklahoma State in the penultimate game of the season to allow Alabama back into the title race and eventually into the national championship game where they beat LSU 21-0. to uh, I'm just saying... Go Cyclones! I will always, <laughs> I, love I will always be an Iowa State fan because of that day in 2011. Uh, and, and and I I need my I need my I need my Iowa State Cyclones to show that's up. That's right! Oh my again. God! Because uh, that's a great memory for you. You just brought back horrid memories for me. So thank you. Yeah, for that's that, that was uh, one of the greatest. Uh, like I remember watching that game. Like man, wild wild shit. But I uh, just wanted to mention that because uh, it's it, there's some weird connective tissue. Alabama's out of it. There is no way I really think Alabama can get back into it. But who knows? We could get a very uh, dramatic finish uh, to the college football regular season. And, uh, well, I guess it's not the end of the regular season because we still have – there's, like, some weird games next week alongside the the champion, the conference championship games. But um, it's basically over. My, also, my, egg, the, oh, go ahead. Egg Bowl on Thursday. I know Dom said he won't watch any college football on Thursday, but um, I bet the Egg Bowl – might be uh, might be fun on well, Thursday. So here's the thing about the Egg Bowl, handy. which I think is interesting, is that let's um, say I'm not gonna say he's a buddy of mine because I we, like we didn't really talk when we were in school, but we both Ithaca College guys graduated the same year. I think he graduated semester early. John Sokoloff works for WCBI in Mississippi. He has broke news and put out a report that. Our, our 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 love and our love affair head coach Lane Kiffin is taking the Auburn job at the end of the season when this is all over with. Yeah, and everyone else and and, and Ole Miss immediately denied the report, and everyone else has said that that report doesn't isn't you know their their sources mm-hmm. aren't saying that. 
However, it is interesting. I mean, that guy is a real person. He's a real reporter. Um, and no, I know. Also, I, I when when I saw this up because you know what's funny is I saw Lane Kiffin's Instagram about him like tro- like he trolled John. So I was like, wait a minute, yeah. John Sokolov. I was like, I know that name. I was like, I went to school with him. Like he's an Ithaca. Well, guy. I didn't realize. I, yeah, yeah. You just yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so that's I mean, that's very interesting. Well, and the thing is, too, is I do kind of feel bad for him because there are some people now saying, oh, this is a nobody, this is a hack, this is a liar, blah, blah. But I believe uh, John actually was like the one of the first to the um, to the Harson firing, if I remember correctly. Yes, he or was. The eight, yeah, so, so I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel for him. Who You're knows, gonna, maybe and, he— And that's the thing, as like— been, I've been in the shoes of like covering big local, and I, my thing is just like my strength as a reporter. I've never been a newsbreaker. I'm not like a big newsbreaker. Uh, get the get a source and then you know go out and because I have crippling anxiety to be <clears throat> in the position John is in. I don't. He's he hasn't done anything wrong until you know Lane Kippen stays, and then I really you know which I I really do hope that he's right because yeah, I'll tell too. you it's a massive. Massive blow Massive to your credibility. Yeah. Like you, you basically, I, you go. I don't think you get fired for that, but like, good luck in that market. You know, you should be looking elsewhere for another job. And I know if you are going to put that report out, you're going to be smart about it. John is a smart enough you, guy where I know yeah. that he has to have some really good foundation, some good credibility. The fact that he hasn't backed down, he hasn't retru- uh, redacted a statement. It all points to like, oh boy, he might be right. And the people who want to come at him and trash him are just very angry Ole Miss fans who don't want to see Lane leave. But that's what Lane does. He takes his bag. He takes a bag and runs with it. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we will. Uh, it'll obviously be interesting to see how uh, how uh, Ole Miss and Lane uh, uh, kind of fare against Mississippi State, and you know, if uh, if that report is does end up being correct. Um, Don, before we go to the cash grab, uh, do you want to know who's performing at halftime in Detroit on Thursday? Yes. Please, please tell me. Bebe Rexa. Um, do you uh, know who Bebe Rexa is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and this is um, – wait, it's starting to come back to me. Is is David Guetta also going to be there as well? Yes, it's David Guetta and Bebe Rexa. So That's that, uh, fire. That'll be okay. Well, we're going to get a need. David Guetta is kind of a cool – you know, if, if you like EDM, you know, I mean, he's a, he's one of the more legendary names and – in that, uh, in I'll that be. I'll probably be editing highlights during this whole thing, so I won't be able to even hear it, uh, or I'll probably be able to hear. I won't be able to actually watch any of it. But uh, yeah, you know that'll be that'll be cool. Bebe, uh, BB, however you say her name. I think you know it's funny. I think she's British. Like, uh, no, she's from New York. No, okay, I'm she, thinking of someone else. She is. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of someone. No, you're else. good. You're good. Uh, no, I I I only know this because there's a very famous. Um, there's a very famous clip from an Instagram live in which Baby Rexa uh, tells all the perverts to get out of her chat, and then like a thousand people leave the Instagram live chat. Um, and uh, she's like, "If you're gonna mess with a real New Yorker, you need to know that this is whatever." Blah, blah blah. She goes on like this, like she goes into her New York identity a little bit. So, I love that. Uh, yeah, just fun stuff there. But uh, um, uh, yeah, Dom, you know we have uh, we've had a jam packed first half of the episode. I think we deserve to make some money. Yeah, we do. Give the voices a break. Make some money. When we come back, we've got World Cup talk. We're in the thick of it. We're getting, well, I shouldn't say the thick of it. We're in the beginning thick of it. We're trudging through the mud. Big things happening. Major upsets already coming through the tables. A little NBA talk to wrap things up. Stick with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Down and Out. 
Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half, down and out, underway. We begin with the World Cup. Three days in now, have we are? Are we on our on yeah. the third day or three days in? So we are uh, yeah. We are uh, getting into some some good group stages. Obviously, uh, host nations already played. The U.S. has tied Wales. And we even got a massive upset I woke up to today. Yeah. Uh, s- man, um, probably of all the opening rounds of uh, matches, the – Probably the most unexpected result was a upset from uh, uh, Saudi Arabia over Argentina, um, especially since Argentina went up 1-0 off a, uh, a Leo Messi uh, penalty um, in the in the tenth minute to uh, open the game, and then uh, Saudi Arabia scored twice in five minutes in the second half, and Argentina had no answer. Um, this continues a run of. I, I don't know what it is, but Argentina, man, Argentina and Mexico just seem absolutely cursed. Uh, they have not had uh, the World Cup success that they've uh, been so desperate for over the past uh, decade and a half mm-hmm. since Messi has kind of been the guy. Uh, back in 2014, they lost 1-0 to uh, Germany in the World Cup final. Um 2018, they were pretty much an embarrassment. Uh, got to the round of 16 and was eliminated. And then now... You know, and they did win a Copa America, but in front of no fans. Um, you know, they it was it was kind of a, a you know uh, a, a, an asterisk title a little bit. Um, and now, I mean, they are they really have their backs up against the wall because they're not in an easy group, Dom. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Saudi Arabia was the game where you say, okay, we're going to get the three points here, and then we're going to have our tough matches against Mexico and Poland. Now, I mean. Argentina is going to need a very, very strong two games against you know the two the two toughest teams in their group, uh, Mexico and Poland. Mexico is, I mean, don't you know Mexico and Poland? I believe are about to end in a tie right yeah. now as we yeah, speak. Yeah, that's what I'm looking uh, at it right now. That's where we're in the zero, zero, minute so at zero zero. Yep. That's actually pretty good news uh, for uh, for Argentina um, because now if they go win their next two games, uh, they'll probably still end up top of the group. Uh, maybe finish second in the group, but but the problem is is if they finish second in the group, they are more than likely going to end up facing France, who you know is the favorite to win their group, uh, which is uh, France, Australia, Denmark, and Tunisia. Um, you do not want to see France until the final. I mean, or, or you know, if you can avoid seeing France, you really want to try and do that. They're defending World Cup champs. Um, this is tough, uh, you know, and it's hard to put the blame on Messi. I mean, he, by all counts, had a pretty solid game. Argentina. Yeah, man. I mean, that is, that is, um, 
I'm trying to think of uh, that's some you know that's some App State Michigan type shit is uh, <laughs> is, is is Saudi Arabia being Argentina. I uh, the, 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 it's funny when you said you know you don't want to see France until the finals. I can't tell you the last time in the world of history where someone said you don't want to see France because I feel like feel like in every world war we've ever had France has been. France has been yeah, down, that's so it's like, yeah. wait a minute. Now we now we don't want to see France. I thought France is supposed to be there, uh, but yeah, I just like I like I said, I wake up and I I read it wrong where I went, oh Argentina two, Saudi Arabia one. I put my head back on the pillow thinking, oh okay, Argentina let up a goal to Saudi Arabia, and then I woke up. I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw the highlights. I was like, wait a minute, no, this is Saudi Arabia winning, which is like. Un, I, I, unbelievable. You know, of teams that you don't like. I would have been more surprised to see Cutter win their opening game against against Ecuador. That would have been the only other upset that I would have actually had my jaw drop even larger than seeing yeah. Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. Well, and uh, obviously that's kind of the big result of the uh, tournament so far. Um, you know, uh, in terms of other recap, uh, England demolished uh, Iran 6-2. to uh, The Netherlands uh, got a very important win in a great game. I really had a great time watching the Netherlands-Senegal game. Um, Senegal is a very good team, and they're actually missing their star player, Sadio Mane, and they still gave Netherlands a really good game. It took two late goals from... Can, uh, I, can from we just talk about that Netherlands game real quick? Because I'm looking at the, 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 um, the table on it right now. Why did they? What happened where they had nine minutes of extra time? Because that's where I'm seeing Netherlands score their second goal in the 99th minute. Was there an injury or something that I missed here? There like was, nine minutes of extra time is absurd. There was, and I will address that, Dom. It's interesting that you bring that up because they've recently the the uh, the refs uh, have have uh, recently come out with a statement to say. Uh, basically what's going on because all the matches have had you know way more extra time than you're used to seeing in soccer matches that is because there is dumb even with the additional stoppage time typically a full 45 minutes of soccer is never played you know, between the the ball going out of play, corners getting set up, set pieces. You know, they got to draw the line that that people have to stand behind and where the ball's got to go and all that stuff. So typically, what you get is like two to three minutes of uh, stoppage time per half, and you know, you probably had eight minutes of dead time. Well, the World Cup in 2022 is saying no more to that. They are uh, they are saying we are going to basically take count of all the t- all the. Uh, you know, breaks in play, and we were going to add all that time back at the end of the half. So get ready for the longest soccer matches you've ever watched, um, which is a good and a bad thing. I think it does kind of harm soccer's watchability. I think part of the reason why uh, people can hop in to watch the World Cup in various soccer matches is because it's a less than two hour affair. You know, you're thinking, Mm -hmm. all right, we're 12 to 2, my lunch, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that and then I'm done. With this, you know, you're looking at another 20 to 30 minutes, which does kind of feel weird, but but it is also an accurate representation of, hey, this is how much time is supposed to be happening on the field. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's kind of what's happening there. Um, we're going to see, you know, I, I still say give it some time. I think it's a little weird right now. I'm getting adjusted to it too, but but I recommend giving it some time, and uh, and we'll see how we feel, you know, after we kind of get through the group stages and we can kind of decide, is this worth it? Do we need to be doing this? Um, but that's kind of what's going on there, Dom. Gotcha. Um, well, it makes sense. All right, all right. I, I, but, I, I see. Uh, I, I can get. I can get behind that if you're like, okay. I feel for the players who got to, you know, extend. You know, yeah, they got to really, yeah. you know, play 15 minutes, maybe longer than they should. But as a fan, if you're not in a rush, like if you're just watching it, like think of it as like free soccer. It's bonus soccer. Well, like, who, yeah, who's and it's say that's no to that. 
that's the benefit, right? Is that like, you know, the clock's ticking away and nothing's happening. Sometimes when people watch soccer matches, they're like, shit, I just watched this match for the past six minutes. And, you know, because a guy was injured or something else is, you know, a, 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 an instant replay review is happening. You know, nothing has happened for four minutes, you know? And, and so, you know, it's one of these things where it's like, okay, well that, that time is being restored. And that means, you know, if, if you're down, you know, that's great news. If you're up, that means you've got longer to defend. It's a kind of a pro and a con. Um, you know, uh, continuing uh, World Cup talk, uh, the United States uh, were finally getting to uh, their match against Wales, which was a uh, 1-1 draw. Um, kind of a bittersweet situation. You know, the U.S. had had a performance, especially in the first half, that they can feel really good about. In the first half, the U.S. looked significantly better than Wales. Significantly better and, and arguably should have been up maybe 2-0, to zero. Uh, uh, you know, by, by halftime, but instead, uh, uh, they, they get up, uh, one to zero, uh, through a, uh, Timothy Weah, uh, uh, strike, uh, Christian Pulisic got out on a breakaway and then, uh, Weah, Weah receives the ball, a, a lovely pass from Pulisic. That was beautiful. Uh, beautiful. And Weah also has a lovely finish. He waits till the very last second and then flicks it with the outside of his foot into the corner, um, like when that went in, when that went down, I was thinking, "Oh shit, the U.S. is about to go ball." Like I really, that was that was such a beautiful uh, counterattack. You know, really, really textbook. The window um, that he had to put that in too, as well. Like I, I, like I think you do a good job of getting the respect to to Waze, uh or Waz, excuse me, uh, his touch there because when I was watching the way, like he he didn't go. The way the goalie was going and the way that his body was shifted, like he actually had to put that, like his hips were pointed in the opposite direction that he put the touch. And it just like seemingly glared right over the goalie's leg as he was extended into the very, very tight hole that was able to just, you know, as it rolled into the back of the net. I was was like, and you know, because everybody gives U.S. soccer players shit for, you know, not not being able to technical ability up, and stuff, all yeah. this kind of stuff, but I was like, that's about as good as you'd see anybody in Europe do. That was that was magnificent, and credit obviously, Christian Pulisic like incredible lead pass up to it as well. Yeah, uh, Pulisic didn't have an especially great game overall, I would say, but that pass was uh, was about as good as it gets, and and I mean, Wea is uh, you know. It's a guy that, amongst soccer fans, a lot of guys, a lot of people know who he is. He's 22 years old. Uh, he, he currently plays for Lille, uh, Lille in uh, in France, and uh, is is a pretty good, fo- you know, a pretty important part of uh, of their they they're a team in the top flight. They play you know in the biggest division in France, and uh, and uh, he's um he's coming up in a big way. He's actually the you know Dom you know I I don't know if you know this but he's the son of one of the greatest all-time African players uh George Weah um who wild fact George Weah is currently the president of Liberia. So oh, no kidding. What? T- yeah, Timothy Weah is the son of the president of Liberia and a legendary uh one of the all-time greats. Like Pele said that George Weah was probably the second best player behind him uh through Damn. the majority of his uh his life. Um uh yeah, George Weah was an unbelievable uh player who played for Liberia's entire career. Well, thanks for playing the for Cup. the Thanks for playing for the US, Tim. Appreciate you. Yeah, uh 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 uh, George, his dad, never played in the World Cup because he played for Liberia. They were never good enough to get there. Um, so and so he never scored in the World Cup. Uh, now he's seen his son do it, uh, which is a very, very cool thing. Um, unfortunately, things did not go as well in the second half. Uh, the U.S. opened up the second half with a uh, 1-0 lead, um, but 
didn't really uh, capitalize on, you know, an advantageous position. Um, Wales really struggled to kind of keep the ball in in the U.S. half, like really struggled to create a lot of chances or, or you know, even maintain possession for a long period of time. Uh, but they did make a very important change at halftime. They brought on Kiefer Moore for current, current Fulham player. Daniel James came off uh, for Kiefer Moore. Um, and Kiefer Moore kind of shaped uh, the, the second half for them. They, they were able to kind of, uh, you know, get more touches in the U.S. box and, and just look more dangerous. Uh, he had a header that he should have put away. It should have been a goal. Uh, should have been one-one there, but he missed it. And then Walker Zimmerman, uh, the, uh, the 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 U.S. central defender, uh, the center back, he uh, makes a just honestly, I can only describe it as a boneheaded error. Um, just a boneheaded error. Uh, decides to tackle Gareth Bale, uh, the whale star. Uh, decides to, to to tackle him. Gareth Bale's got his back to the goal. Who, you know, some players are kind of designed. You know, their skill set is I'm going to have my back towards goal, and then I'm going to turn around the defender and do all that stuff. I mean, Gareth Bale receives the ball with his back towards goal, and Walker Zimmerman just immediately clatters him. Doesn't yeah. get any of the ball. Just goes straight into his legs in the box in the 83rd minute or in the like 80th minute. Just a really dumb decision on his part. Um, yeah, the word the Gar- words out of my mouth as well. You know, just from my soccer fan, I just I said the words. Oh no! I said, Oh no, yeah. dude, that's not good. Yeah, that, that's, uh, the, that's the only guy on Wales that I like. You know, I know because I know Gareth Bale, and I was like, Oh, that's this can't be good. Oh no! And then yeah, sure as shit, 82nd minute penalty strike. Can't, can't yeah, I mean, if you better. give, yeah, if you give Gareth Bale a cookie, uh, no, it's not, yes. it's not give a mouse a cookie, but um, if you give Gareth Bale an opportunity like a penalty, he's going to bury it every day of the week. Maddie Turner actually gets his fingertips to it. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed that he was able to actually judge and uh, make the dive in time to even have a chance of saving that. But, but you don't save those. I mean, Gareth Bale has absolutely hammered that penalty, takes it very well, uh, and that's one one. And the U.S. and Wales never really looked like uh, they were going to go grab a winner the rest of the game. Um, U.S. kind of just lost that attacking impetus and they've kind of got some stuff to figure out their their game plan at the beginning of the game looked great really liked what they were doing with their back line and and uh the the you know the midfield was able to control the game although it wasn't attacking wise very uh uh uh, dangerous but but at least controlled the game in the second half not so much so Mm -hmm. um what does this mean dom what does this mean for us so what it means is that the U.S. is now at a disadvantage. If the U.S. wins that game and they've got three points to start the group, they are really cooking. I mean, they really just have to go beat Iran, and they will get to the next stage. Now that they've tied, not so easy. they got to play England on Friday, which is going to be very, very tough. And you really, you know, if, if the U.S. walks away with like a 2-1 loss, they, they really shouldn't be too disappointed. Uh, England looks phenomenal right now. They're one of the best teams. They're one of the favorites. Um, that's going to be very, very tough. Wales, on the other hand, gets to go play Iran. And what this group can kind of come down to is who beats Iran worse and loses less to England. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like, it's, it's basically because the tiebreaker scenario where if you think Wales loses to both, like if England runs table, wins against both Wales and the U.S., then it becomes, you know, U.S. has to have a higher goal differential against Iran and lose less by against England because the tiebreaker, if the same thing happens to Wales, is a goal differential, correct? Both the U.S. and Wales will be looking at Iran like a W, right? And it's Mm going to become, can we beat them by three goals? Can we, you know, you got to beat 
them first, but but can you beat them by like two or three goals and really kind of you know add some add some pressure in that sense? And the real bigger dis you know real big disadvantage of this is that Wales gets to play Iran first. That is huge for them because one, let's say. Now, let's say the U.S. loses to England and then Wales beats Iran by three goals or something. The U.S. has to then think, okay, well, we got to go beat Iran by three goals and we have to hope Wales loses to England. And if England already has the group locked up, they're not going to be as, uh, you know, in the, when, when England plays Wales in the last game of the group, they're not going to be, if they've already got it locked up, there's going to be less, uh, you know, importance on mm-hmm. beating Wales. You know, if if they enter that last game and it's like, oh well, we can tie, and and we win the group, it doesn't really matter, you know, to England. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where the U.S. you know is kind of screwed a little bit. Is is if Wales takes care of business against uh, Iran, and 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 the U.S. loses to England, it, it it could basically make that last game almost not matter. I mean, it really could, it, which really sucks. But, but it could it could potentially make it not matter if England decides, okay, well, we're cool with going to get a draw, and Wales, of course, will love a draw against England. And then the U.S. It doesn't really matter what they do against Iran because Wales will have you know, uh, uh, the you know the points total. Um, that being said, if the U.S. can put together you know a draw against England, if they can hold out a one-one draw or a zero-zero draw, that becomes everything. Mm-hmm. That 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 completely shifts it on its head. Then the U.S. can say, "Okay, well, we still have to go beat Iran, but but basically Wales now, now, has now to- however you however you go and attack Iran, you're just trying to pile up the goals so you can have that 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 advantage over Wales. Assuming that you tie England, England has to kick their shit into high power because now they don't have the group locked Bingo. up by the third game. Now they've got to go and they actually." floor Wales, which I'm sure England could probably floor both the US and Wales if we're being if if we're being serious here. On their day, absolutely. They're mm-hmm. they're definitely a team that could beat either of either Wales or the US 3-0. Um uh but uh so yeah, I mean the US has to be thinking how do we scrape a draw out of this England game? That's huge. Because then, you know, you go play Iran basically with uh if you if you go scrape a draw against uh England, you should be entering the Iran game thinking if we're if we win, we're in. Otherwise it's gonna take a massive upset from Wales or something, mm-hmm. you know, and and, and and uh, uh, to get in, but that's kind of the lay of the land when it comes to the rest of the U.S.'s group. Uh, the rest of the way, it wasn't a bad result to get a draw, but man, it really, really stings to uh, to not hold on for three points because it makes the rest of the group a lot more difficult. No, and, and um, I and with no buy, you know, because I don't have Italy to pull for in this World Cup. So you know, I've devoted obviously to our home country. I want to see the U.S. do good. It, I I, right. I don't say this with biasy. I really did feel like watching that. Like the U.S. was the like they're the better team. They are the second best team in this in this table. They I think they they just I think you summed it up perfectly. It just felt like they took their foot off the gas pedal, and then a couple boneheaded moves here, a couple boneheaded things there, not finishing. And when I was reading some of the reports, I mean that's just that that seems to be the general consensus of like the U.S. squandered some really really good opportunities to to really control themselves, and now they're going to have to play from a very as you've said a distant. A disadvantageous position moving forward for the rest of the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's uh, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, the World Cup is always tough, and getting out of this group was always going to be a little bit of a challenge. But um, <clears throat> you know, this is uh, there is now 
much more pressure on these next two games after the uh, the uh, loss to uh, to Wales. Um, Mexico, uh, you know, and, and Poland did just come to a draw. I want to say uh, Mexico's goalkeeper is, I believe, 39 years old, and this is his either third or fourth World Cup. Uh, and he saved a penalty against Robert Lewandowski uh, in this game. And uh, I just want to say, yeah, uh, uh, Guillermo Ochoa is his name. Mm-hmm. Absolute freaking legend. Go watch, like, I mean, he is... He is one of the all-time World Cup heroes, like like truly, and uh, and yeah, just uh, just just wild shit there. Um, you know, in terms of Thanksgiving, um, you know, we do have a uh, you know, I mean, the World Cup schedule is full through this week. So um, on Wednesday, just gonna highlight a couple you know uh, excellent matches before we we wrap up with some NBA talk. Um, uh, on uh, on Wednesday, uh, if you wake up early, uh, Germany and Japan ought to be a good one. Um, Spain and Costa Rica at 11 also ought to be good. Um, and then on Thursday, on Thanksgiving Day, again, I totally understand you got to watch NFL, Dom. But Portugal-Ghana at 11 a.m., that rocks. That's going to be a very, very good game, as is Brazil-Serbia. And then uh, the rest of the weekend, obviously, the United States plays England on Friday. That's huge. Um, and then on Saturday, I highly recommend uh, Argentina-Mexico. I mean, Argentina-Mexico on Saturday. If you got some time in your college football slate, uh, that's going to be a uh, that is going to be a barn burner, I think. Uh, and those two countries, uh, you know, they're they're not direct rivals because Argentina's in South America and plays in a different uh, different international conference than Mexico. But when those two teams play, there's typically a lot of a lot of. Uh, 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 tension, a lot of, you know, kind of, uh, you know... Uh, oh, no, uh, you don't say a team drama, playing so. Mexico that has tension? Oh, you don't say yeah. that, huh? Uh, also, in other crazy news, we kind of knew this was coming, but uh, Ronaldo and uh, Man United are, uh, are are splitting up. Uh, you don't see this happen in soccer very often, Dom, but uh, 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 Ronaldo and Man United are uh, mutually terminating his contract. Uh, so he is a free agent as he's, you know, getting ready to play for Portugal here in a day or so. So, um, damn. So, you know, first, yeah, first, Kim, and, there. first Kim Kardashian and, and, and Pete Davidson, now Ronaldo and Man U. It's just so sad. So yep. sad. Breaking up for the second time in their life. Uh, but, uh, but, but yeah, that's uh that's some crazy, uh, crazy stuff. But, but yeah, soccer, it, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's the beautiful game and, uh, I'm so happy we're, uh, we're we're here balling right now. Uh, you know, it's it's the it's 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 a lovely lovely time. But Dom, you're also having a lovely time with your uh, Lakers. Finally, uh, finally having a lovely time. Yeah, I mean, and and by lovely time, I mean I have reason for optimism. That's because about <laughs> uh, last week, the the Lakers, who were two and ten at this point, uh, one week ago, uh, they called a players only meeting. But I do believe that some of the staff members, excuse me, did show up and and. Um, you know, partaked in, in this conversation. LeBron, AD, you know, everybody was there. Patrick Beverly, I guess, kind of really spearheaded the conversation, which was good to see because Bev's been around the league. He's a quieter guy on the roster, but it's good to see him kind of take the vet, some veteran ownership. So the, the the Lakers have a players-only meeting with a, with a couple staff members, and it seems to have, it seems to have jarred something because the Lakers have now – won three straight games in a row, which, like I told you, 
that was more wins than they had at any point prior to this win streak. So now they're five and ten. That's where the optimism is because you're still thinking <clears throat> to yourself, well, Dom, they're five and ten. They're five games under five hundred. And they got to go play the Phoenix Suns tonight. Yeah, I know. You're right. But in a world where the Lakers and Laker fans will get any sort of optimism, we're going to absolutely run with this. And some sadder news, LeBron going to miss his fifth game tonight. I think Woe just reported that shortly before we started recording, that Woe, uh, LeBron with his, I believe it's a hamstring injury, um, he's going to miss his fifth straight game. But have no fear, folks. Because one thing the Lakers talked about this offseason between AD and LeBron and Russ was, hey, we've got to let ourselves cook. Let's not try to you know, necessarily be so focused on sharing the wealth with each other. Let's try to see if we can you know, give each other space to like, you know, let, let our stardom pop off here. And with LeBron out, Anthony Davis has done exactly that. Man's averaging 25.6 points per game. He's uh, been an interior, like he's been the Anthony Davis that we've been waiting for so long since coming from New Orleans that we've wanted to see. So I'm very, very excited, at least for the fact that, you know, something has spurred this team to turn it around. And you're so early in the season, too. You, if you can get to Christmas at 500 or, you know, maybe five games above 500, you are in a great position because. The rest of the NBA, I'm looking at this Western Conference, very weird, very weird Western Conference. I know it's been a crazy you know, mixture of sports with college football, NFL, World Cup, and I haven't been able to pay as much attention to the NBA as I've wanted to, but you have the Golden State Warriors, who are two games under 500 right now. The Sacramento Kings are 9-6, fifth fifth in the conference. The Clippers are fourth in the conference. The Memphis Grizzlies, with all that Jaws been able to do, are only seventh. The Mavericks are nine and seven, and they're ninth in the division, ninth in the conference. So the the West is so tight, and you just string some wins together. You get yourself above 500. You start knocking on the door right where you need to be. So reason for optimism, Laker fans out there, you could if you could see me right now, I'm double thumbs up. That's what we should be feeling right now. Vibes are good. We are going to have to come play Phoenix tonight, and the Lakers have still yet to win a road game. But, hey, there's always a time for first, so maybe in Phoenix is the time we go get our first road win. If we – I'll tell you, I'll text you tomorrow if I remember. If we beat the Phoenix Suns, I'm absolutely going to find a meme of LeBron holding the championship trophy from the Disney, uh, from the Disney bubble two years ago. And I'll be Damn. like, this is what's happening because the Lakers, Lakers will have – figured it out if they find a way to beat the Suns. But, um, you know, for other generic NBA talk too, Ev, like, you know, you're, you know, you're an Atlanta Hawk guy, six in the East at 10 and yeah. seven. It's there's it, everything is so, it's so new into the season, but there's really, if you're not the Boston Celtics or the Bucks in the East, like nobody has pulled away from anything yet. I mean, the yeah. jazz are number one in the West and they have seven losses. I always feel like too, like even the Celtics and Bucks have four losses. I always feel like every NBA season in the West or the East, there's like one team that you know the first like 20 games they lose like two games or some shit. You know what I mean? Like they're like insanely like off to a strong start. And even in the East, it's not it's not you know the Cavs are only two games back of you know of, of the Celtics, and it's uh it is weird. It's especially weird to see the like you said the West. I mean, every team having six losses or more is uh is pretty wild. 
I, I don't I don't know how to make of that other than the fact that you, you you'd hope by the time we get to the big Christmas round of games that we get you know, look forward to in late December that you know you're you're talking about division leads and and conference leads with some big time matchups and again I just if you're a Lakers fan like me folks just get if you're 500 or better at Christmas you're gonna be okay because we know in the West when all is said and done the past couple years in the West a 500 record gets you a seven seed in the West because that's just the way things shake up. Not And with the way things are so tight right now, it's kind of looking like that's going to come to fruition again. So uh, here's here's for hopes and here's for prayers that the, that the Lakers can pull it together. And I'll be a much, much more happier NBA fan as we start to be able to incorporate more NBA into our podcast, which we promise you folks we will. But it is football season, and you know us by now. Like we're we're big football guys, and we got the World Cup here too. So like, you know, give us. Some we're busy. Space. We're yeah. All right. We we have a do not disturb on our hotel door, and only the Lakers can slide a note underneath my door right now. That's the only reason. Yeah. You know, they, uh, they can slip slip a little little black lingerie underneath. I'll be like, okay, Lakers, I'll get to you in a minute, you frisky little devils. I uh, <laughs> I I uh, I've not been watching a ton of NBA. I've gotten a little bit of Hawks time, uh, actually more recently. Um, they look they look the part. They kind of I wouldn't even say they're off to a decent start, and they haven't even you know by by all metrics, all the stuff I'm reading, like haven't even played especially well. Like Trey Young has been Trey Young, but the rest of the team, you know, it's Dejounte Murray has uh, been the part, but really the rest of the team is uh is is still kind of getting up to speed. I will say who's you know fully up to speed as a team right now longest winning streak in the nba your sacramento kings they're nice six straight it. they're figuring it out six straight wins for the kings and this is after an offseason in which everyone kind of dumped on them because you know they they you know they dealt tyrese halliburton to the pacers and who you know had the longest winning streak in the east by the way uh with five straight wins um, and but but DeAndre Fox is looking the part for for Sacramento. Uh, 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 Sabonis has been a nice pickup for them. Kevin Horder, my favorite uh, former Hawk, uh, also in the mix over there. Interesting things going on in Sacramento. I don't think it's going to last, but uh, definitely interesting. It is also funny. So De'Aaron Fox, uh, De'Aaron Fox was the uh, Western Conference Player of the Week this past week. Mm-hmm. The Eastern Conference Player of the Week was Tyrese Halliburton. If Sacramento just keeps their young, talented players, I mean, they could have been an absolute wagon, and they just – I don't know what that franchise is. I don't pay attention enough to really understand. They're in a tough – like, Sacramento's a tough city. Like, when was the last time you ever heard somebody's like, yeah, I'm just going to take a family trip to California. Oh, cool. Where? L.A., Long Beach, Laguna? No, Sacramento. Mm, No, it doesn't sound good. You mean San Francisco? No, Sacramento. Yeah, not for me. Sacramento. Uh, you know, but I will uh, say yeah. the NBA, the biggest takeaway I have from the NBA so far, just being that the teams are so close in the standings, I feel like we're hearing more about off-court things and on-court things. And, you know, whether that be things with Kyrie or the other debacle with Giannis trying to take free throws and the Phillies, like, or the Phillies, <laughs> the Philadelphia 76er, like, team manager, like, taking his ball away, you know. And then there's obviously the thing with the former 
former Celtics coach, you know, as he's getting hired by Brooklyn now. There's just there's a lot of storylines off the court that I think are kind of taking away some of the attention from again a good story like the Kings and the Pacers. These two teams that have been like really down on their luck the last few years, who are kind of stringing together some early season success that you know come let's say February March when we're getting ready for the playoffs. People are going to be like, the the Kings and Pacers have come out of nowhere. And it's going to be like, well, no. If you weren't distracted by all the off-court things the NBA has been going through, you wouldn't know the Kings and the Pacers have been silently killing it in their divisions and conferences. So uh, hopefully, you know, we get to just get more focus back onto the court and we put some attention back into these really great stories. So past Christmas, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm a big NBA on Christmas guy. You know, I'll always throw the games on Christmas Day. And then after that, you know, I'll, that's that's really when we dive into the NBA. I'm excited. For sure. Um, Dom, before we uh, say goodbye, I just wanted to uh, add in a little tidbit that is just adding to the Zach Wilson narrative. Ooh, Albert yeah. Breer, uh, NFL uh, NFL reporter for where, – where is he at these days? He's been everywhere, I feel like. Yeah, uh, Sports Illustrated just tweeted – that uh, Bears quarterback Justin Fields apologized to his teammates after uh, their loss to the Falcons uh, after the game, saying that the defense gave the offense a chance and the offense didn't get it done. Uh, went a long way with the guys. Um, man, this just every just adding to that to that uh, fucking you know to that Zach Wilson narrative of just like every other rookie quarterback is uh, cool with his teammates, but not Zach Wilson. Yep. Uh, so just a funny little tidbit to throw in at the end there. I mean, um, hey, listen, I need the AFC East to crumple. Give me all these spicy, nasty narratives. Give it, give it, give it all to me. I'll take it. For sure. Um, well, Dom, it's uh, it's about time to uh, to wrap up. So I will say uh, thank you to everyone listening. Uh, we we really appreciate your engagement. You can go do that on uh, Twitter.com uh, at Down and Out Podcast. Uh, 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 we tweet out all the episodes there. Um, we also, you know, anytime you want to say hello, anytime you got a question, anytime you want to give some advice or anything like that, uh, we're we're happy to receive it. We'll. Uh, We'll, uh, we'll hit you up. Um, and while you're doing that, you can also, you know, uh, go on um, your whatever podcast app, you know, you're using for this, whether it's Spotify or Apple, um, and, and just look to give us a good rating. We really appreciate that. That uh, that helps, you know, prospective listeners look at it and go, oh, that looks cool. I want to give that a shot. It's got good reviews. So that, uh, that really does go a long way for us. It does. We appreciate you guys as always there. We also appreciate the love and support you guys show to our guys, JD Masters and Buddha. Man, the mirrors our intro, outro music. You hear it every episode. It's fire. You can go listen to all the other fire stuff that Buddha and JD do. JD Masters on Instagram, Buddha's Empire on Instagram as well, YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music, our, 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 our podcast, you'll find their music as well. So go give the Hovies some more love. We appreciate them as always. Uh, Ab, I'm going to let you go so we can get back. We got some two o'clock games coming up here for the World Cup. Any parting words to give to the people before we send them on their day here? Uh, nope. Just uh, thank you and uh, go, uh, go U.S. Go U.S. The stars and stripes, baby. I wish we could play the national anthem. I don't know if it's copyrighted, honestly, or not. So just imagine me, imagine the national anthem singing out also with Man in the Mirror. Folks, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been down and out. Until next time, Arrivederci. Later.
give a Balenciaga So check me out, feel me up and watch me bounce Cause the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse Switch places, change faces, now Buddha runs a house Trust hip-hop more than bitches, so I'ma take her as a spouse Or at least a concubine If in front of my God feel divine I'ma grab it like a shield and I'ma make it shine Cause when I'm polished, I'll abolish if you cross the line That's how I am feeling Keep growing like a giant goat through the ceiling Man in the mirror doubled up, now you all the fuck We go again but when we stop blazing Boom, boom, pow, pow, what you gonna do now? Especially when I bring the energy like it's a powwow Besides find a man, page your face cause you a damn clown Look around, only one that is and I'm a wagon now The name is Buddha, bitch Damn, JD. Uh, look around, only one that is and I'm a wagon now